Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. True North True Crime is now available on Patreon. You can now listen to exclusive bonus episodes, early release episodes, and ad-free episodes by signing up at patreon.com slash tntcpod. This podcast contains graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. True North True Crime is produced on the territories of the Coast Salish people. I just just want the world to know that he was loved. He had a lot of family that cared about him. He had a lot of friends that cared about him. And uh, he was sadly missed by us all. And uh, not a day goes by without uh, the emotions of, of sorrow. It's, it's a tragedy. And these tragedies got to stop by this world taking note that they can do something just by even talking and, and maybe something of, of that will come to light and people will do the right thing and, and help, help us get a little bit of comfort in order to carry the pain we're carrying. I wanted to thank you guys for reaching out to us to help us bring Devin's disappearance to light. You know, do doing more is, is, we were ha- hanging up posters all over Langley and Surrey and, you know, we were having magnets on our vehicles to try to try to get people to be aware of a missing person. But, uh, you know, we even had a $10,000 reward for the, 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 uh, information leading to his whereabouts, but none of that came to, to any kind of, uh, closure. So, uh, I just, I just pray. I have family that prays for us all, and there's friends that are like that. And uh, I just wish that one day uh, I will have an answer to where my son is, and I can continue honoring his memory and uh, not allowing this these people to take any more from this family. On Friday, September 24th, 2021, a 27-year-old Langley man went out to shoot pool with some friends. CCTV footage shows him alive and well at 3 a.m., but the next day he was nowhere to be found. Two days later, he was reported 
as a missing person. According to the man's family, the people he was with that night have not been able to hold a consistent story as to what happened. It has been over a year since he went missing, and still his family has no answers. But eventually, the truth will come out. Tonight we present the disappearance of Devin Goodrick, and you are listening to True North True Crime. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to True North True Crime. Thanks for joining us. Before we get started tonight, we wanted to remind you that if you are looking for bonus content, you can sign up for our Patreon feed by going to patreon.com slash tntcpod. We recently covered some interesting cases that we released on Patreon only, so if you want access to those, head on over to patreon.com slash tntcpod. We also want you to know that we do take case suggestions and we always prioritize cases that come to us from family members or direct contacts of those cases. You can send us a case request at truenorthtruecrime at gmail.com. And lastly, we want to say thank you to everyone who continues to join us for the podcast. We really appreciate you and we're so glad that you're here. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode. So tonight we are talking about the September 24th, 2021 disappearance of Devin Goodrick. At the time of his disappearance, Devin was 27 years old and living in Langley, British Columbia. Devin was last seen around 3 or 3.30 a.m. on September 25th near 192nd Street and 28th Avenue in Surrey, British Columbia, and was reported missing two days later. At the time of his disappearance, Devin is described as a white man 27 years old, 6 foot 4 inches tall, and approximately 250 pounds. He has short brown hair, green eyes, and light facial hair. He was wearing a full black Hugo Boss tracksuit with a blue stripe. Police have stated that Devin's disappearance is not believed to be connected to the ongoing Lower Mainland gang conflict. Anyone with any information is asked to contact IHIT, or if you prefer to remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers. We put this episode together using publicly available news articles, uh, a little bit of social media, and some publicly available court records. We also spoke to Devin's sister, Nikki, and Devin's father, Nick. We will be using audio clips of our interview with Nick in this episode. Devin is from Langley, British Columbia, but his disappearance took place in Surrey. We have spoken about Surrey in our previous episode about Tanner Krupa. Surrey is one of the fastest-growing cities in Canada— Surrey is its own city and is part of the metro Vancouver area. Surrey has long been the epicenter of the Lower Mainland gang conflict. The city has a population of about 700,000 people and is policed by the RCMP. Langley is a neighboring city of Surrey that is also part of the metro Vancouver area. Langley is slightly more rural and less built up than Surrey is. Devin Goodrick was born in January of 1995. His younger sister, Nikki, was born in December of 1996. They both lived with their mom, Shannon, and their dad, Nick. We asked Nick what Devin was like as a kid. Devin was always a happy, 
happy guy. He had lots of friends. He was very popular. The family lived in Langley, B.C., and for a short time in Alder Grove. Shannon and Nick did not stay together as a couple. However, they continued to co-parent Nikki and Devin. They divorced when Devin was nine and Nikki was seven. Nikki and Devin always had a strong bond, perhaps due to being children experiencing divorce or due to their proximity and age, but the two are very close. Nick describes to us a close-knit family that expressed their love for one another. Devin and I always, and Nikki, always had a very close bond. Uh, we we talked to each other every day. We said we loved each other every day. You know, uh, maybe in a, when I was away or something like that, it would be like four days or five days. But we would never be apart from one another as far as love and understanding what we're doing. We were really close bond, the three of us. Um, and that was because of the, probably the separation and the over, overcompensating for, for the loss of the unit, the family unit, really. Nick eventually remarried to his current wife, Heather. And along with her kids, Daniel and Dean, the Goodricks became a blended family. As Devin grew into his 20s and adulthood, he remained in Langley and began to work in the trades. He worked for United Rentals for a long stretch. His father, who also worked in trades, connected Devin with a friend who could offer him work as a framer. Devin and the other man had plans to start their own framing team before Devin went missing. We asked Nick what Devin was like as an adult. Getting, getting to the point of Devin and how, how, uh, what a kind of person he was growing up. Loving, caring, full of joy, a good guy. Uh, he had a lot of respect. He was learning a lot of what I did in life. Uh, he took the values of the hard work and the respect. The, and, and he made a lot of people, his friends, parents, have a lot of respect for my son because he was he was that respectful that you know he was beyond his years you know so it was uh, it was really something about Devin he could always see the good in 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 people even the bad bad ones there was still that good that he could he could do you know that was his that was his superpower uh, he was very generous he was very hardworking you know, help. He was never, never a problem to get Devin to help you with something. Uh, his character, he was six foot five when he was about 22 and he filled out to about 240, 245. Uh, so he was a, he was a big strapping lad. Devin's life was not always easy. He went through some rough patches, and he sometimes hung out with a rougher crowd. He also made some mistakes. The news outlets have referred to this as a type of checkered past. When people go missing, there are people who will go out of their way to find ways to justify a missing person, or even blame them for their own disappearance. They will talk about drugs or a lifestyle. Or in Devin's situation, they will point to his previous involvement with the justice system. Devin has a driving while impaired charge. We asked Nick about this. He had some uh, experiences where he went and had a Chrysler 300 that he bought 
and was leasing or yeah, I was making payments on and it was a beautiful car and he liked it, but the warranty, the engine crapped out on it. So he took it in for warranty and they replaced, they, they replaced the engine on his car and then he sold it. And, uh, when he sold it, he made some money on it. So he was at the dealership and I wasn't with him and, uh, he ended up getting a, a challenger. Uh, so it was like an 08 challenger and it was like a big motor in it and, you know, lots of, lots of horsepower. And, uh, that's where the N became the target on his back. So to speak, and, uh, he got some driving infraction by, uh, saying that, uh, he had had one beer and he had his N and had zero tolerance. So he lost his license for that. And then, during the time that he'd lost his license, he, um, he got caught driving a friend's car because of a situation that uh, he was in. He was needing an emergency to, to take his friend somewhere, and anyway, they got he got caught driving, and there was a driving infraction and fines and for that too. So he learned a hard lesson that way. So we want to take a moment to explain the N that Nick is referencing. For those unaware, British Columbia has a graduated license program. There are learners drivers who have an L on the back of their car. They graduate to an N or a new driver. A normal driver must be under the 0.08 blood alcohol level. However, for an N driver, there is zero tolerance meaning there must be no alcohol in their system whatsoever. By admitting to having a beer, Devin was given an impaired charge, and then subsequently driving his car afterwards resulted in other driving infractions. Again, with the N on the back of uh, the Challenger, it was like a very large target uh, on the car for law enforcement. There was also a bar fight that Devin was involved in. Uh, Nick explained more about that. Yeah, so the what happened was he was self-defending himself uh, and a friend at a at a club or a bar, but it wasn't wasn't like he got charged formally for that. He was just defending himself, so there was no charges laid. It was just a, a police uh, report that there would be an assault charge, but that never never transpired. So, yeah, so it it, it it's this is public knowledge, but it's not something that he was never a. He, he was he was my heart. He had a lot. He wanted to embolize what I did in my life. I was I never went out looking for trouble. You know, I was always uh, night at work. You know, six days a week, a lot of times, a lot of overtime. You know, I never got myself into trouble, and and I never went out looking for trouble. And Devin Devin wanted to be. He he was. He was getting some opportunities. I got him some opportunities. According to the BC Court Appearances page, there is a court appearance under Devin's name for assault under Section 266 of the Canadian Criminal Code. This is the lowest form of basic assault, often referred to as assault simpliciter. It is unclear for us whether this is the same incident. Regardless of Devin's past, he is a missing person, and he needs to be found. He does not deserve to be missing due to some mistakes that he made in his younger years. We are now going to get into the timeline of the night that he went missing. 
On the day of September 24th, 2021, Devin went to work. Meanwhile, his father Nick was in Merritt, a two-hour and 22-minute drive from Langley, as he was celebrating his 50th birthday with family members. So all I know about the timeline is that um, Devin had uh, saw his mom at, or, or he called, what I got was I was in, in Merritt uh, on my 50th birthday weekend, and I got on about 9 o'clock, Danielle got a Snapchat on her phone saying, tell dad I love him. And that was the last, that was the last comment that I, I had heard from Devin. So Devin sent a message to his dad telling him he loved him and wishing him a happy birthday. Nick, along with Nikki and several other people, have tried to put together a timeline of what happened that night. Here's Nick. Devin had, had met up with his mom at a Max convenience store on, on uh, 200, 200 Street and 72nd. And uh, Devin was not himself at that time is what her, his mom described, that it was just things were off. And then when Nikki and him had uh, spoke on the phone, it was like, it's okay, mom, we're just going to play pool. And that was the last conversation with Nikki and him. Uh, and that that night, um, around three, or the next morning, around three something in the morning, uh, a vehicle was at the A&W drive-thru in South, Sur- or, yeah, South Surrey, uh, 192nd. Um, and I, could, I got surveillance of Devin was in the back seat and the window rolled down and I could see Devin clearly uh, in the back seat of that SUV. And at about uh, 10, 15 minutes later, his phone stopped pinging. There was no, uh, no contact after that. Devin's ex-girlfriend uh, had been contacted by him, was the last conversation was on on his phone and uh that was it uh Devin was missing the people in the car they know what happened to Devin it's guilt on their face and they could lie to you and tell you nothing because they don't want to be the repercussions are so strong from that that they they will never never uh, speak of it So we're going to do our best to recap what Nick stated, along with some other things that we have learned about that night. We know that Devin worked and sent a birthday message to his dad. Later that day, he met up with his mom at a Max convenience store, which is now a Circle K, located in Langley at 200 Street and 72nd Avenue. According to Nick, Devin's mom felt that there was something off with Devin that day. He had expressed that he was going to hang out with some friends to shoot some pool. Devin headed out that night. At some point, it's believed he bumped into three old acquaintances. Now, it's unclear if the people Devin went out with that night are the same people he was later seen in a vehicle with. Devin and the acquaintances were seen driving in a black older model Mercedes G-Wagon SUV. Inside the car was Devin, two brothers, and another man. At some point in the night, Devin sent out a Snapchat message. 
In the snap was Devin along with two men. No one has been charged with an offense connected to Devin's disappearance. So for the rest of the episode, we will be referring to the two men as John and Jeff. There was a third man in the car, but at the moment, he is not important. All we know is he is a brother of one of the other men in the car. Nikki saw the snap and immediately became concerned. The reason for her concern was that she believed that John and Jeff wanted to do Devin harm. Uh, that is correct. Uh, and when she phoned to talk to uh, some of Devin's really close friends, they were concerned right away because of the guy's ill intention toward my son. So as Nick just said, Nikki contacted some of Devin's friends to ask if this was a safe situation for Devin to be in. Multiple people agreed that this was not a safe situation for Devin. Then according to Nick, there was also CCTV footage from that night that helps with the timeline. At approximately 3 or 3.30 on September 25th, 2021, the black Mercedes G-Wagon is seen pulling into an A&W drive-thru. This A&W is located on 192nd Street and 28th Avenue in Surrey. In the video, Devin is clearly seen in the backseat of the vehicle with his window down. 10 to 15 minutes later, Devin's phone is no longer working. According to a post by the RCMP, Devin was reported as a missing person to the Langley RCMP two days later on September 27, 2021. So, who was Devin with that night? And why would they have ill will towards him? And what happened to Devin Goodrick? We are now going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. And we are back. So, before the break, we outlined the life of Devin Goodrick and the timeline leading up to his disappearance. On the evening of September 24th, 2021, Devin headed out for the evening with some friends. Later that night, he sent a Snapchat to some friends and family, and his sister became immediately concerned about the men he was with. Then, at approximately 3 a.m., Devin is seen on CCTV footage at an A&W in Surrey. At that time, he was with old acquaintances in a black, older model Mercedes G-Wagon. Approximately 15 minutes later, his phone stopped receiving calls and was no longer in service. Two days later, Devin was reported as a missing person. So, while this file was initially handled as a missing persons case, just two weeks after Devin was reported missing, there was a change in the approach. On October 8, 2021, 
IHIT took conduct of the investigation in accordance with its mandate to investigate high-risk missing persons and suspicious deaths. For those unaware, IHIT is the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team. This is a collection of regional police forces, including the RCMP, that share resources to investigate homicides. IHIT began working closely with Langley RCMP Serious Crime Unit investigators and started speaking with the family and associates of Devon. They also completed neighborhood canvassing for CCTV and constructed a timeline. IHIT sought public assistance to locate anyone with any information on the disappearance of Devin Goodrick, stating, We are working closely with our partners and we are making a public plea for anyone with information on Devin to please come forward. So there were two men specifically in the car that caused concern among Devin's family and friends. The men that we are calling John and Jeff. Here is Nick with his understanding of who those men are and why Nikki was concerned. The circumstances around his disappearance uh, was horrific. Um, The people that um, are accused in his disappearance are, Nikki was able to keep close tabs on Devin during his growing up and knowing a lot of his different friends. And when uh, Devin had Snapchat a video to Nikki, she saw the people that Devin was with And she wasn't happy with the fact that uh, one of them was just out of jail for seven years. And the other was uh, somebody that was uh, going around creating uh, um, waves that he wanted to harm my son. So when that that news came to light, Nikki was able to find people in the community to... uh, get information to contact these, these individuals. And um, we were able to speak to two of the three of them and found out that they couldn't hold a story together. They couldn't keep their whereabouts and what their, where they dropped Devin off. They couldn't tell, they couldn't keep a story straight. So as stated, one of these men was convicted of a violent crime and spent a substantial amount of time in prison. According to court records, he has a pretty lengthy history going back to his youth. According to a newspaper article in the Surrey Now, a man with the same name was arrested in 2018 for a drive-by shooting linked to a road rage incident. The other man allegedly had a beef with Devin over an incident several years back. Apparently, he wanted some information from Devin, and Devin stated that he wasn't really interested in getting involved, so the man felt disrespected by Devin. Here is Nick with his understanding of that issue. Well, I think years ago, uh, this guy had been robbed, and he asked Devin that if he could give him information on who robbed him. And Devin says, I can't get involved in that because I, all that information would come back to me and my family would be in danger. So the guy said, well, you're as good as robbed me too. So he really didn't, uh, didn't have any uh, respect for Devin after that. So it is possible that Devin hung out with these men that night in hopes that any previous animosity was water under the bridge. 
Nick, and others have presented what they learned to IHIT, but the men are not cooperating. The, it took the IHIT a week, two weeks, to, uh, to become involved in Devin's disappearance. They didn't uh, take it seriously in the beginning, but uh, once uh, things started unraveling and we gave all the details that we could about what we've discovered about the people trying to give alibis to their children and and the sickness of of certain uh, evidence being washed out of a vehicle and you know certain things like that that uh, I don't have any control over uh, knowing what they found I don't have any knowledge of uh, the I I hit this is a one-way street you give them the information or the leads and they'll take it from there and they'll won't tell you where they are in their investigation and it's been a roller coaster and emotions for us so it's important to highlight something that nick said in that last clip he stated that jeff and john's parents have provided them with an alibi for that night nick also stated that he has anecdotal evidence that the g-wagon was cleaned in a short period of time after September 25th, 2021. Now we asked Nick what sort of alibi these men are providing. They don't even have a proper alibi. They said they dropped him off, which they can't tell me where they dropped him off. And they can't show me where they dropped him off. And they're just hiding from it. They, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be involved in it. They just want to... They just want to forget about it. You know, there's nobody pressuring them for the answer. So why are they going to talk? As as of the time that I talked to these two individuals, they said nothing that was of any value to me to tell me that they'd uh, they even dropped him off. Because the way that they they t- looked, they couldn't even tell me an answer. So it's it's horrific. I asked them to show me take me to the site where they dropped him off and there were two different sites and they couldn't even tell me in what direction they were heading or, you know, it was really sick. So it's, it's so, so awful. So apparently Jeff and John are claiming that they dropped Devin off after A&W, but they're unclear as to where or when. And then according to their story, Devin just simply disappeared. And just so we are clear, this would have been around 4 a.m. So at 4 a.m., they just dropped off their friend in a random location in Surrey, and he just disappeared into the night, never to be seen again. This is a pretty hard story to believe. Now, as a true crime listener myself, I'm sure you were wondering, what is IHIT doing about this information? Well, in Canada, it is against a person's charter rights to drag them into a police station and force them to participate in an investigation. So, without any evidence, John and Jeff do not have to cooperate with the police. This is an aspect of Canadian law that many families we have spoken to find frustrating. Nick shared some of that frustration with us. I, I'm just going through life knowing that in the justice system of Canada, they don't extract information from individuals, even if there's suspicion of guilt, these people have to come up forward with a confession, and it can't be it can't be extracted from them. It has to be in a room where it's uh, voluntarily given, 
and that they're not under any duress. So unfortunately, if that's the way of protecting our society from these people, I know that they've been in and out of jail for other crimes. And I know that I've, through social media, met other people that are affected by their crimes and have lost individuals of their family as well. And uh, I'm just, I'm just shocked. Like I'm every day when I think about it, it causes me anxiety. Uh, I've been, I've tried to be on the news and, and let them know that there is a reality of, of the society is not safe while they're in it. Uh, but uh, the news won't, won't um, report on that. Nikki, Devin's sister, has done her best to use social media to get her message out. She has used Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. On June 28, 2022, she took to Facebook with the following post. We have changed the names for the purpose of this podcast. My brother went missing September 25th of last year. It's been over nine months and the anger in my heart grows more and more each day. We know who took him from us, so why has nothing been done? John and Jeff know where my brother is, and they get to walk free while my family and I suffer. The Canadian justice system is seriously flawed. It seems to be easier to get away with murder than to prosecute a murderer. Same with the media. If this was a young woman missing, it would be broadcasted everywhere. Half the people that see my posters of Devon haven't even heard of his disappearance. This world is a sick place. I want justice. I want my brother back, and I won't stop until I do. There is still a $10,000 reward for his whereabouts. If you or someone you know knows something, please come forward. This has gone on too long. My brother was my best friend, the most selfless person I knew, and he deserves justice. Nikki is a strong advocate for her brother and is working hard to dispel the rumors that surround his disappearance. On August 28, 2022, she made the following post on Facebook. I made TikToks of my brother to spread awareness of his disappearance and to keep his name alive. I get a lot of really nice comments and some comments that make me sick. I'm tired of people making up assumptions about my brother. He wasn't a gangster. He wasn't a drug dealer. He wasn't associated with the people he was with that night. He bumped into people he used to hang out with when he was a kid and thought he could trust them. Random people saying he probably deserved it. That's what happens to drug dealers. The list goes on. If you knew Devin, you would know he worked a normal nine to five. He was a gentle giant and would take the shirt off his back for a stranger in need. Random people on the internet think they know my brother better than me. The person that was with him almost every day of my entire life. People can pull up his record that shows a driving prohibition and an assault from when he got in a fight at a bar and justify why he was senselessly murdered. Also, I know many people that have dealt drugs or got in trouble, and I don't think that they would deserve to die over it. This world makes me sick. We can never overstate the trauma that having a missing loved one has on family members. The ambiguous grief that this type of loss creates is more than most people can bear. Nick shared with us how they are coping during this time and the impact that Devin's disappearance has had on the family. It's tough, you know, a big change in everybody's life with Devin gone, it's uh, it's caused me a lot of trauma. My daughter, we've got both have PTSD. Um, I'm uh, seeing a psychologist to 
unload, you know, uh, certain stresses that I have every couple of weeks. I, so I can, you know, um, start to try to digest them in ways without being, um, so into trauma and overwhelmed. So that's important. And, uh, Nikki comes with me as well when she can each day in, in our lives, it's changed. Not having Devin in, in our lives is, uh, has been a hard thing for both of us. You never can be prepared for the trauma that the loss of a uh, loss of a loved one like Devin. He was a big part of my soul. The impact has had a profound effect on Nikki, Devin's sister. Devin was once her older brother and protector, and now she finds herself fighting for her brother. Nikki and Devin were inseparable as far as brother and sister. Devin was born in 1995 in, in January, and Nikki was born in 1996 in December. So they were really, really close in age, and they were really close-knit. You know, they're very, very close to one another. Uh, that re- relation was, was uh, in times, uh, very unique. They, uh, they had each other's backs at the hardest times in their lives. And, and Nikki went, experienced life knowing she had an older brother and a protector. And now she's the one trying to be the, the one finding the answers and in, in empowering her abilities through trauma I'm I'm so impressed with her abilities but it's taken a toll on us Uh, it'll never be the same for us it's changed us the people responsible for what happened to Devin cannot repair what they've done but they can give this family a sense of closure time is running out for them we asked Nick if he had a message for those that may be involved in his son's disappearance We know that they may listen to this podcast, so hopefully they can hear this message and do the right thing. My message is is that these people, no matter who you are, you've got a conscience. The pain, that suffering that you've caused this family is more than any family can endure. Um, You guys need to do the right thing. I've, I've said that many times on, on social media that, uh, karma is, is going to, is going to come. And right now they're in control of their destiny by turning themselves in and giving the answers and putting some, I wouldn't say closure because there will never be the closure. The pain that, that I am carrying is learning how to carry this pain for the rest of my life. I don't think it will get any better. I, it could get worse, but it, I don't think it could get any better because right now I'm still a year past knowing where my son is and not knowing what happened to him. And, and I'm, I'm carrying the pain of, of uh, the PTSD, not knowing, just knowing that there's people with answers. And I really think that they are evil. I think that uh, this is a pain that they would never understand. I would plead for them to do the right thing because uh, more lives ruin than just my sons. While there are clearly bad people in this world, there are also good people. Nick has been part of a car club called the Langley Good Times. Every year they raise money for charities, and last year they helped raise the reward money for information leading to Devin's whereabouts. Nick expressed his gratitude for that organization in his conversation with us. 
my my son and I and my family, uh, we've been involved in a in an organization called the Langley Good Times Cruising, and it's been around for twenty four years this year. And uh, Devin was a volunteer, and he helped me in, and I'm a director. And my wife is uh, helps out, and all their family does that. And uh, it's a nonprofit society that uh, donates money to charity. To and last year when Devin went missing, the, the society um, donated ten thousand dollars to search and rescue in his in his honor, uh, which was really struck my heart. We asked Nick how our listeners can help. I guess in a way they can. Uh, spread the news that Devin has been missing for a year that Devin was a, not a gang mem- member. He wasn't uh, an ill person in this world. He wasn't the guy that, uh, you know, uh, a certain uh, faction would think that, you know, by judging people by their cover, like Devin was a great person in this world. He, he gave the shirt off his back. He was a good guy. He never, uh, he never um, was a negative in the society. He was a positive. So I think by by spreading the word that, you know, these there's these people out there uh, that to keep their, you know, ears open to, you know, somebody will talk eventually and, and you know, to, to listen to that talk and, you know, even spread the fact that Devin Goodrich's been missing so that these people out, out in the are out in the world free right now thinking they got away with it. It's still going to haunt them that there there's people talking about Devin. I just don't want him to go to the wayside. And on, on this weekend we're, we're having a, like a celebration of life for, for Devin's uh, close friends to, to remembered by, you know, you know, have, show, share some pictures and share some memories and talk to, and, and, uh, and just, just, just celebrate his life so that as time goes by, there's not things forgotten. Please share this episode in hopes of getting the word out about Devin Goodrick. We will also be posting Devin's photos and missing poster on our social media. Together, we can help keep Devin's name out there. This is a solvable case. Before we wrap up this episode, we wanted to share Nikki's post from the one-year anniversary of Devin going missing. One year ago today, my world got flipped upside down. My brother was taken from me. I still remember the crippling anxiety. I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, and if I did, I'd wake up drenched in sweat having nightmares of what could have happened to him. I remember begging, screaming, crying to the police to take this seriously, and that I know something horrible has happened. I remember finally finding the people responsible after weeks of them hiding and looking these monsters in the eyes while they are trembling their words lying straight to my face, and me not being able to do anything about it. Their own moms making up lies and changing stories to cover their ass. These scum get to live their lives while my family is here suffering a year later. My mom gets to be reminded every year on her birthday of the senseless murder of her son. These people have the answers, and they choose every day to let us suffer even more than we already are. It's absolutely disgusting. Enough is enough, and justice will be served, and the people who are standing beside these losers are going down with them. You know who you are. My brother was one of a kind, and his absence has made me a different person. 
I now rely on antidepressants to get me out of the house. I have panic attacks, night terrors. I can't stand seeing my parents like this. It breaks my heart every day. Nothing will bring Devin back, but for us to get justice would at least heal our hearts a little bit. We want to lay him to rest. We want to have a funeral, and we want to see these losers get what they deserve. I love you, Devin. They say time makes it easier, but I find myself missing you more and more every day that passes. The hate in my heart grows stronger and stronger each day these monsters get to live free with no consequences to their actions. Today is a heavy day for all of us, but I'm going to try and stay strong and put a smile on mom's face because I know that's what you'd want me to do. I wrote mom a birthday card from us and gave her a big hug for you. We are going to spend the day honoring you, going to your favorite restaurant and taking her to the casino because that's what you do with her every year on her birthday. We miss you and love you so much, Dev. Long live, Devin Goodrick. On the weekend of October 15th, 2022, Nikki organized a celebration of life for her brother Devin. Our thoughts were with them that weekend. This is something that no younger sister or family should ever have to go through. And we are grateful that this family has trusted us with their story. Devin Goodrick was last seen around 3.30 a.m. September 25th, 2021 near 192nd Street and 28th Avenue in Surrey, British Columbia and he was reported missing two days later. Devin Goodrick is described as a white man, 27 years old, 6 foot 4, and approximately 250 pounds. He has short brown hair, green eyes, and light facial hair. He was wearing a full black Hugo Boss tracksuit with a blue stripe. Anyone with information is asked to contact the IHIT information line at 1-877-551-IHIT. If you wish to remain anonymous, call Crime Stoppers. We would like to thank you for joining us for this episode of True North True Crime. We'll see you soon with a new episode. And until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.